You're listening to the Secrets of Successful Business podcast, your go-to source for business tips, tricks, and proven strategies that will help you create a streamlined and profitable business. We chat to the best minds in business about their journey. It is so worth it and it can take time, but it's highly beneficial. How they started. It's going to be really hard. There'll be moments where you regret all of it, but there are such high moments as well and just constantly persevere. What they learned along the way. Quickly discovering what your boundaries are and putting them in place and sticking to them. And of course, we'll ask them for their secret sauce for creating a successful business. I would say to anyone who wants to start a business, have a purpose. Join us as we take a sneak peek behind the curtain, talk solutions for those business pain points, working smarter, not harder, mindset and the challenges of fitting it all in with the demands of today's busy lifestyle. If you're a business owner, side hustler or just starting your business journey, this podcast is for you. Now, here's your host, business coach and content creator, Justine McLean from Flossy Creative. Hello, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. In case we haven't met, I'm Justine, a small business owner on a mission to uncover and share the secrets of creating and running a profitable, sustainable, and successful business. I've been in business for over 20 years now, and I get to use all that I've learned along the way to help other women in business reduce the overwhelm, gain visibility around their numbers, charge what they're worth, and make more money. It's about designing a life you love that fits into your definition of success. So if I can help you create the profitable business you deserve, please reach out. Now, without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. A few weeks ago, I sent out a newsletter to my list. Are you on my list? If you're not, jump on my list. Just uh, shoot me an email, hello at flossy.com.au or reach out on um, Instagram or Facebook and let me know and I'll add you. The email was about the gender labels that are associated with women in sport, women in business, I suppose women generally, and how those labels can keep us small, whether unconsciously or consciously uh, soak in the labels that we hear and how those labels can then go on to affect the way we live our lives, the way we run our businesses. And the reason that I started thinking about, you know, gender labels and whether or not they're keeping us small is is largely because of the Women's World Cup. A Brazilian legend, really, by the name of Marta, was uh, hosting or was the guest at a press conference uh, post-game. And someone asked her whether or not it was a fantastic moment that she was there at the Women's World Cup and winning after all of these years and that there were such great crowds and and so on. And she had a very emotional response, which was really tied around the fact that, you know, she had been playing this sport since she was a very young girl. She had been playing at the highest level for a very long time, but it was only in the last few years that the women in who were playing football, soccer, if you're living in the US, have started to be recognized as, I guess, maybe not equal to men, but certainly up there in terms of skill level and what they should be paid for their contribution to the sport. And she really sort of pointed the finger at the media and said, well, it's, it's you guys, you know, you have never given us an opportunity to shine. You've never shown our games 
this is the first time I've seen such a packed press conference. So I started thinking about what impact that had on the women who were playing you know, in the World Cup, what path they had to go down, those women who are veterans of the game, who have been playing for 16 years uh, or more, some of them, who had gone to World Cup after World Cup and just never been recognised. And, you know, I started thinking about how that is also reflective of business. I mean, how many times have you thought of women's sport to use that analogy and thought, "Mm, yeah, I don't want to watch the women play because it's not going to be as good as the men, particularly in those traditional, you know, where they're playing those traditional men's games. We tend to look down on those women as maybe not being that good. And I wonder how many of us feel the same way about women-led businesses as well. How many of us look at female-led businesses as hobbies, as little businesses, as, you know, a business baby, those sort of comments. How many of you have gone to your accountant to basically be told that you're just running a little a little business, a, a hobby, it's not really worth anything, and just to keep playing small? And so for me, you know, I started to think about all of those gender labels that are associated not just with business, but, you know, with life generally, in life generally. And I think the thing that really started to stand out to me is that if, you know, a lot of the labels that we hear, we unconsciously take on the ownership, I suppose, of those labels and we act accordingly. So my thought was, is it time to really call out some of those labels to start making ourselves become more conscious of those labels that are applied to women in particular, um, so that we don't just float along with the tide that, you know, if we agree with them, sure, we travel along. But if we don't agree with them, that we don't unconsciously get caught in this uh, stream that takes us to a destination that maybe we're not interested in visiting. I think, you know, when I I was thinking about this concept, I thought back on all of the, the businesses that I have worked with over many, many years now, mostly women, but a few good men in there as well. And I think, you know, one of the things that I notice is that there is a big difference between female and male led businesses. The men tend to be very confident. They act like it's all sorted, even if it isn't. Uh, They're happy to charge top dollar for their products and services without blinking an eye. In fact, a lot of them, you would arguably think that they were overcharging, but that's okay. They just have this supreme confidence in their ability, knowing that what they are going to deliver, even if it's the same as a whole bunch of other businesses, is going to be superior. Whereas women, on the other hand, tend to lack in that same confidence, especially when it comes to money and charging. Their pricing is usually all over the place. If you ask a whole bunch of business owners in a room, what's their biggest issue? I can almost guarantee you that women will put up their hand and say it's pricing and mindset every single time. You know, as women, we tend to worry more about copycats or about stepping on other business owners' toes. Men wouldn't think twice about that. We make ourselves, I think, play small as a result because I guess in some ways we don't want to earn what we deserve or make, you know, I mean, we think we do, but when it comes to actually putting the pricing behind that, putting our money where our mouth is, so to speak, we're reluctant to do it because we think people won't buy from us or 
We think someone's going to have an opinion about us. Maybe we're too big for our boots, that sort of thing. And so I started to think, where does this come from? And I guess what I realized is that even if I go back to when I was a girl, what we often get told, what is often sold to us, what is often pitched to us in the media by retailers selling stuff through magazines, uh, on the you know TV that we watch through you know social media it is it's all around frugality. Save, don't spend. Here are ten ways to make dinner for under twenty five dollars. Here are lots of free things to do with your kids. You know during the school holidays. And I'm not turning my nose up at free or cheap. Sure, you know like if you want to be frugal and that's your choice, then I'm all for that. But I don't want it to become the default. I don't want that frugality mindset, that scarcity mindset that is almost pushed on us to become the default in your life. I mean, you've heard it. Don't be overindulgent, you know, spending on beauty, fashion, self-care, getting your nails done. That's a luxury. That coffee that you're having in the morning, that latte that you're going out and having with your girlfriends, cut out the lattes, cut out the avocado on toast, and you'll be able to afford that house because it's frivolous and it's wasteful. And when it comes to your earning capacity, yeah, no, there's definitely a ceiling on that. So don't get too big for your boots. It's almost like we are subtly pushed our entire lives towards restraint, budgets, penny pinching. And so what I'm saying today, what I'm throwing out there for discussion, and I'm happy to have a discussion about this with anyone who wants to talk about it, Is that sitting in your unconscious? Have you taken that on as something that you potentially don't want to have in your life, but you're living your life because that's what you've been fed, that's what you've been told? You know, conversely, do you want to talk about making more money and ways to do that, whether that's increasing your prices, whether that's building a bigger business, whether that's investing to earn more money? Do you want encouragement? Would you prefer encouragement? To do that, because right now I think there is very little encouragement when we do that. There, there's no cheer squads when we're starting our business for the potential that might exist. And so, you know, I think we're conditioned to play small. You know, is that something you want? Would you like it to be the opposite? And if that's the case, then is it worth starting to open your eyes for some of those gender biases that you've been hearing? Now, when you think of the other side of the coin there and what the blokes get, just to give you an example so you really get what I'm talking about, is that, you know, when men make bold financial decisions, they're rewarded, they're encouraged, they're applauded, they're told to invest fearlessly, get out there, play the stock market because, you know, you're good at it, whether they are or not. In fact, uh, I think it was Forbes that said that women are actually better at investing than men are. But men are often told that they have this unlimited earning potential, that they can go for broke, that they can charge top dollar, that they can ask for the pay rise whenever they feel they deserve it. And nobody looks down on that. When they buy a new set of golf clubs, that fancy new car, that new toy that's, you know, probably likely to just sit in the garage and do nothing, it not only equals success in the eyes of other men and the community generally, but uh, men are congratulated for it. They're encouraged to do more of it because they deserve it. Whereas women, yeah, not so much. Women are probably considered greedy or why are they working, walking around with that designer handbag? There's no need for that. They're buying into 
this bias that says that, you know, if they have a gender handbag, they're better sort of thing. Whereas a man with a Rolex, yeah, no, we're applauding his success. You know, men are encouraged to be risk takers, to be financially ambitious, to build big businesses because there's always more. And of course, you know, as a result, they're going to spend money to make money because they believe that the potential for them is huge. And it's really rare that I, you know, I've not seen a woman in business actually who feels exactly like that. So I want you to think for a minute about what you're subconsciously telling yourself, because, you know, if you are coming from that scarcity mindset, which is really common, you know, I'm putting up my hand right now because I'm certainly coming from that scarcity mindset. Is it worth checking yourself when you start to think these sorts of things? And I'm not saying that we need to turn around our whole thinking so that we're starting to spout, you know, things that we don't believe in. But what I'm saying is that rather than shying away from the money stuff, is it better to really step up and embrace the money stuff to try and understand the financial side of business and take that ownership to really embrace and understand our personal finances and take that ownership so that we can start to challenge and change the gendered money messages that we're getting really from the moment we are born. And so if this is something that you are thinking you agree with and maybe you want to embrace, then my advice is really to start at home, to start with you. For me, I've certainly been on a journey for many years to try and, you know, dump that scarcity mindset that I have carried around with me for my entire life and to really embrace the more abundant thinking, particularly when it comes to my business. And when I do that, I kick big goals and, you know, I want that for every business owner. So if you're, you're interested in challenging those gendered money messages, then start with you, as I said. Become aware in the first instance of any of these biases that you might be holding on to. As I said, probably unconsciously because most of them are. And then get honest about your relationship with money. If you have negative mindset or messages or beliefs about money, write them down so that you can start to unpack them and see them for what they are. If you have this mindset that, you know, money is is going to be finite, that there's only so much of it, and that's what you believe in, then start to unpack that and ask yourself, what if? What if that isn't true? What if money is infinite? What if there is always more? What if there is more that can come to me? And every time you answer the question, ask yourself another question. What if? You know, so you know, in doing that, I think what we start to do is we unravel those myths that we have around money. We tend to seek out the positives and we embrace the abundance that's possible, both in thinking and that physical abundance. And so I think once you do that, once you get honest about your relationship with money and you start to make a note of those negative messages or beliefs that you're telling yourself, you can really make that commitment to make a positive change. And of course, the next step in that process is to really get educated, you know, when it comes to your finances, both personal finances and business finances, because when you know something, you know, when you're educated, when you're more financially literate, no one can ever take that away from you. You know, even if you choose to outsource your business money or outsource your personal money to someone else, 
I think if you understand the basics, your confidence is only going to grow because you're going to know where you are financially at any given time. And if you feel like you're in the dark about your finances, if you feel like you don't know where you are at any given time, then it starts with getting educated. And as I said, that's something you're going to have forever. No one can ever take that education away from you. So no matter what you do with your money, whether you do it yourself or whether you outsource it, particularly when it comes to business, get educated and then consciously support other women's financial decisions, their dreams and their goals, even if you don't agree with them. And of course, do that for yourself too, because it is so important, I believe, to have dreams and goals when it comes to money. As a business owner, and maybe even on a personal level, you've sat down at some point and you've written your wish list, your your goals list. What what is it that you want to achieve in this next year or this next month? Or you have written down your resolutions list, which is essentially just the same, right? A whole bunch of things that you're hoping to do. When you write them down, how many of them are tied back to money? You know, are any of them tied back to money? When I'm talking to my uh, business clients, you know, the the, the women uh, and men that I mentor, I always encourage them to have a single financial goal for every quarter and every month if they can. Because I think if you have a financial goal as well as all the other goals, then it just sets a target in your mind, something that you want to reach. So support yourself in creating that goal, support other women in creating those goals and talk about them. You know, money doesn't have to be a secret. I think the more we're educated and the more we create dreams and goals that are tied back to money and the more we talk about them, these are the things that are going to help change the narrative when it comes to this gender biased messaging and conditioning that we have grown up with in a lot of instances. And of course, when you see that gender bias messaging out there, actively avoid perpetuating any harmful stereotypes when it comes to gender, when it comes to money, when it comes to that messaging. And even if they're not gender related, I think if there are those harmful uh, messages that relate to money or relate to business, to owning a business, then call them out because nine times out of 10, they're definitely not true. Most importantly, I think you know, you need to share financially positive messages with your daughters and with the women in your life. If you do that, and I'm not talking about blanket messages like you can do anything, but I'm talking about really practical things like have your own business, have your own bank account, you know, keep your own money, pay yourself super, take a wage from your business. It's those sort of financially positive messages that we need to hear. It's all about encouraging really smart financial decisions. And, you know, to do that, particularly if you're in business, it's about embracing pricing that is going to support those smart financial decisions. You know, when I think about the the solid business foundations, the businesses who do really well from a financial standpoint, who make a profit which is the money that's left over after you've you know, paid everything in your business, including paying yourself a wage and super, that profit the businesses who do well, they not only have those financial goals uh, that they're aiming for, but they have nailed their pricing. And their pricing is what supports their business and gives them you know, the business and the life that they want for this particular season. 
And so for me, it all starts there. It all starts with having pricing that supports the life and business that you want for this season, but being confident to share those prices with your clients and not back down when someone sort of turns their nose up and makes a comment like, "Mm, that's expensive. Because I almost guarantee you that if a bloke was giving them the same service and giving them the same price for that service, nine times out of 10, people wouldn't look at them and say, "Mm, that's expensive. That tends to be something that is for women only. So think about that. Think about sharing those financially positive messages and do it by embracing pricing that supports, you know, as I said, the business that you want to run, the life that you want to lead. For me, financial inequality and a lack of education in business finances is one of the driving reasons that I continue to run a business. When you know I made that decision earlier this year to sell part of my business, I did it because I wanted to spend less time doing the financial stuff for other people and more for other business owners and more time educating. And it's one of the reasons, honestly, that I created my course, The Business Money Formula, because I know that in that course, we've got those firm financial foundations set up. But more importantly, I think what I discovered after launching the course was just this need for more work on the mindset area of, you know, money, business money, financial money. And, you know, again, it just ties back to this conditioning that we've had most of our lives, which again ties back to to gender. So that brings me to the end of this episode, a bit of a PSA, I suppose, on you know, gender stereotypes that seem to be attached to women's businesses, to women's sport, and really to women's money. And for me, uh, the reason I decided to do this episode was because I would hate to think that you're playing small, that you're making yourself poor because you believe something that really just isn't true. So if this has hit a bit of a nerve with you, if you know that money is an issue in your business or in your life, if you need stronger financial foundations, you're tired of working, you know, feeling like you're working hard and you've got nothing to show for it, or you're generally just feeling like, you know, a failure when it comes to the money side of life and business, then go and find some help, go and get educated. And honestly, I would love to help you if you have a business and you want to work with me, Business Money Formula, the wait list is always open, you know, and even when the economy isn't great and there are lots of reasons that you shouldn't spend money on another course, you know, or more education to learn about the business money, what I can honestly say to you is that I believe when you change this one aspect of your life, the finances, of your life. And when you change that in your business, when you get better, better educated, you're going to feel more financially confident and you're going to feel empowered to make some big decisions uh, for your business and your life as you roll forward. So honestly, there's lots of fabulous educators out there. It doesn't just have to be me that you've got on your list. I would love it to be, but you know, do yourself a favor, go, you know, have a think about this episode. If it resonates and you feel like you need a hand, um, go find someone who can help you. And remember that I am always here and I am always, you know, shouting for you to live a life and create a business 
that is going to give you exactly what you want and the success you deserve in this season. So please, if you need me, reach out. I'm always here to help. Until next time, I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Secrets of Successful Business podcast. For more information on all things business, head to flossie.com.au and make sure you hit subscribe on the show so you don't miss another new episode. If you're enjoying the show, please give it a quick rating or review, share it on your socials or with friends who might enjoy it. Catch you next time.